Welcome to Thursday afternoon here on Columbo and Katie on 1019 News Talk STL. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. It's getting, it's just still crazy out there. Uh, we are going to be getting the latest today throughout the show on the drama in Jeff City unfolding and uh, the legislative session in the state of Missouri. Um, it Yesterday when we talked to Rodney Boyd, I left that conversation with a tad bit of optimism. Mm-hmm. Rodney had, you know, pointed out that the best way to get going again is to just go after some low-hanging fruit that everybody can agree on, pass a couple of bills, and just kind of build some momentum and you can start to put this behind you because it's going to be tough. Because my concern was it's so contentious right now yeah. and so personal right now that I don't, how are we going to get anything done this year for the people of Missouri in the legislative session? It just didn't seem possible. So, but Rodney, we talked and, and it seemed like, okay, um, it's going to be, you know, like maybe there is a path back. But then <laughs> in the last 24 hours since that, there's more reports coming out about more contention. And not only did they remove people from speakership positions, but there's like there's there's this back and forth going on social media. Yes, there's there is people that are rumored about like like maybe we should start kicking people out of, of seats like elected officials. Are you kidding me? Like. It just seems like it's getting hotter, not colder. It is, and it's reached all the way up to a federal level. We have Congressman Eric Burleson getting involved, where he is he is in the fight naming Tim Jones and comparing Tim Jones's leadership as speaker to Caleb's. So, I, I mean, mm. Tim is now fully into the mix. Mm-hmm. And it kind of stinks because he's not going to be on today with, with Chris. But Tim is fully mm-hmm. into this mix right now. And then you also have Chip Roy. Chip Roy, who has taken up a huge role in the last two days fighting for the Missouri Freedom Caucus. And it's just, I don't and maybe maybe I missed this. I'm sure I have. I don't know if Josh Hawley is involved. I don't know if Eric Schmidt is involved. But I've seen so many other congressmen stepping up and mm-hmm. stepping in to this role, defending the Missouri Freedom Caucus. And it's just a striking thing to yeah. see like Missouri have such like a, a, a rumble happening on a federal level. So we'll get into this deeper with... State Representative Justin Sparks, who's a member of the Missouri Freedom Caucus, so I, he's going to have some tremendous insight and opinions on this situation, and that's we're going to do that in, in just about 12 minutes from now, so don't go anywhere. We're also going to talk to Dr. Randy Tolbert today, like we do every Thursday afternoon. Doc will join us in about an hour, a little after 3 o'clock, and you know Randy has his show here with us on Saturday mornings at 6 a.m., but Randy Tobler is the morning show host at the Eagle in Columbia. So he's, you know, what I I, I want to know what other parts of Missouri, mm-hmm. how is this being covered? You know, is it, is there in the other parts of the state and with, uh, in other areas, is there a different opinion about this? Mm-hmm. Like here, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of, there's that a lot of people think that what, um, 
Caleb Rowden and others are doing are petty and personal, and it you know feels like people are frustrated with that. But I wonder if in other places it's the other way around. I wonder if other areas think that that's the you know the Missouri Freedom Caucus are the ones that are that are causing the problem. So it's going to be interesting just yeah. to kind of get that perspective from mm-hmm. other parts of the state. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that conversation, and uh, we'll get into all of that. But it, but at the, it, in the end of the day, it feels like none of this is issues based. It feels like it's all personal. Absolutely. And I I would love to direct people to go to Red State right now and read Susie Moore's article. We're going to touch on, I'm going to read some of that article with Justin next segment. And yeah, get his thoughts and reactions. It's a great article. Redstate.com. Susie Moore's, you know, phenomenal part of the family here at News Talk STL. And she's got a great article. And, and, you know, Red State, that's a national publication. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, this is, this issue this missouri issue is getting to be a a national issue so we'll we'll delve into the uh to what's happening here locally when we talk to missouri state representative justin sparks in just a few minutes and also later on with dr randy tobler just after three o'clock uh want to look back out to the national headlines for a second james carvel who has been everywhere this guy you're, the raging Cajun, yeah, your person, my guy. <laughs> he is your guy. I can watch James Carvel, although he's starting to kind of jump the shark a little bit. But I just, he's an entertaining guy, and I don't. That doesn't mean I agree with him because I don't agree with a lot of things he says. Not at all. He says some ridiculous things, but um, uh, he is he is an entertaining fella. I believe he is warning, warning the media. And voters that Donald Trump might win this presidential election if we keep treating him like a normal candidate. If we don't, yeah, if we, yeah, if the media, he's warning the media, if you cover Donald Trump like you cover everybody else, <laughs> he's going to win. So you need to change the way you, yeah, yeah, like, Let's just openly I calling know. for media bias. Just say like you got to you got to do things differently when it comes to Donald Trump. You can't cover him like a normal person. I'll, I'll read the quote. <clears throat> the quotes. Uh, I mean, this is there's there's several. Uh, Democratic strategist James Carville advised the media to not treat former President Trump like a regular candidate as campaigning for the presidential election heats up ahead of the November election. He says, "Quote: This is not a typical typical election." This was last night on MSNBC, of course. He complained that there is a massive effort to normalize Trump's candidacy for president. Quote, what I'm obsessed with mm. is, His is saying it out loud. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we, we say things like Trump derangement syndrome and their obsession with Trump. And, you know, and most people in the media and politicians will say, I'm not, I don't, I'm not obsessed with Donald Trump. At least James Carville just comes out and says Saying it. it. Quote, what I'm obsessed with is treating him like he is a normal candidate, emphasizing that Trump is not like other Republican politicians or past GOP nominees like Bob Dole or Mitt Romney. Of <laughs> no, course. You're easy. He's right about that. Nailed Donald it. Trump is not like Mitt Romney. <laughs> Quote, but if you look at this, there is a chance that Trump could win this election. And the way he wins is if he is treated like a normal candidate. We're ill informing the public of just what a wretched human being this man is. 
and there is a giant effort in the media to try to normalize this. The media is trying not, to normalize yeah, Trump. If, yes. This and that and we keep and you know the Biden administration has said that a lot recently mm. that that the the Trump media like come on you're come not, on I am not buying the tickets you're trying to sell me how can you try no to make the case that the majority of the media in this country is Trump supporting I mean like it's just delusional you That's just can't how. I mean nobody's buying that even the most ardent progressive out there cannot honestly look at the in the mirror and say the media in in the in this country is right wing do, do, do does he not want them to report that he won Iowa that he won New Hampshire I mean what is he asking of media he, he didn't he, that's a great question to not report that he's winning they, he he didn't give any specifics except that he's a terrible person and we're normalizing it. And we can't do that. We've normalized some things in the last few years, particularly under the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. The One of the things that has not been normalized by the media is Donald Trump's presidential campaign. And also, I'm sorry to tell James this. He's a, he is a very smart man and he has been doing this so much longer than me. But I'm sorry to tell him. But the 2016 and the 2018 campaign as a Democrat that you're trying to run that were normalizing Donald Trump isn't working anymore. Just like Biden trying to campaign from the basement, just Mm -hmm. like people trying to be Trump when they're not Trump. All of these things are not working anymore because it isn't 2016 and it isn't 2018. We know who Donald Trump is. We know what he's capable of doing. We had him as a president for four years. We know his behavior. We know his idiosyncrasies. We know it all. So you saying as the American public, we're trying to normalize who Donald Trump is. Honey, is it not the Democrats that can't let him go? Mm -hmm. Has it not been the last eight years of of them repeatedly bringing and obsessing over Donald Trump every waking minute of every single day. We know who he is. No one is normalizing anything. We just know now. Right. Yeah, we just know. Yeah, you're exactly right. And for like, talk about saying the quiet part out loud. It's getting to a point, and I've seen several stories like this recently, and I, I, I should start flagging them and bringing them up because I have noticed that as this desperation seems to set in that Joe Biden's not going to win in November, that his popularity is in the toilet and Kamala Harris's popularity is in the toilet. Like it's so bad. Like they are, they are starting to say the quiet part out loud for him to admit that he's obsessed with Donald Trump and openly call for the, for the media to cover him and report on Donald Trump differently don't get than it. other candidates and how MSNBC and Rachel Maddow, you know, like have publicly stated that they're not going to air Trump live because they he's he's the leading candidate, Republican candidate for president and in a presidential election year. And NBC News, MSNBC won't carry anything, any of his rallies or anything live 
because they say that they have a duty to not spread misinformation. I mean, that is, and they and they and they say that. Yes, they. Do. I mean, like mm-hmm. they openly. are. They're openly admitting to their bias and and neglecting the doubles, to do their job, the double standard, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really. How do you still have a job after saying, I, "I'm actually not going to do fifty percent of my job. <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and not report anything that's happening with." The the leading candidate in the GOP. The other thing that just like, I, I don't know how to wrap my, I don't know how to process this. Th- them saying things like, just don't cover Trump or we're just not going to do this. We're not going to cover his rallies because of misinformation mm-hmm. only fuels the fire for people to be like, well, dang, maybe I'll just go to YouTube and check out what he said. I'll just go to X and look at what he said. You're only fueling people yes. to be more interested yes. Yes. in what Donald Trump is doing, yes. which goes all the way back to you're, you're, they're trying to run the campaign like we already don't know who Donald Trump is. It's not going to work. And they know and they know that we, they have seen it is proven that going after him or anybody, I mean, when you go after somebody like this and people feel like they are just being unfairly picked on or whatever it may be, you know, with all these different charges, we've seen that that's done nothing. But what you just said, just embolden and mobilize now I'm support interested. for Trump, as we've talked about before, it's forced when before the, before it was a landslide runaway in the Republican nomination process, you know, People like Ron DeSantis and and Tim Scott, when they were running again, you know, had to put out statements, you know, and protect like sticking up for Donald Trump because of the things that were happening. Like so he was his opponents in the Republican Republican Party were even having to stick up for him because it was so bad. I mean, it's it's done nothing. It's it's done nothing nothing. but 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 build him up. It's done, done nothing but give him more support. And they know that they have to see that. But they're so obsessed that they can't help it they can't help themselves they have to just go after him and to tie this all together i feel like that a miniature version of that obsession and just personal animosity is starting to develop in jeff city it's starting what we're starting to see with this because everybody's asking the question and we'll ask justin sparks in like three minutes you know, why, why did, and we, and we talked with Rodney Boyd about this yesterday. Why in, is this happening in Missouri? We've, we've, we've had contentious debates about topics and issues every year on a regular basis. What about this year made it all of a sudden go to the level where you're kicking people out of their leadership positions, taking away their parking spots and even, even rumors of, calling for people to be removed from office like how did we get to this to this level and it's it all seems to be personal it is it's not it has it does it's not rooted in their job it's not rooted in what they're supposed to be there to do debate issues stand up for the beliefs of their constituents the people that put them in that in their spots and it's gotten it's gotten personal, and they now they can't help themselves. And I feel like a, 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 a smaller, a miniature version of what 
we've seen happen with Donald Trump over the last few years is now starting to play out in Jeff City. Mm-hmm. Yep, fester right on in there. Mm-hmm. So we will. Uh, we'll ask Justin Sparks what he thinks of that uh, of that analysis and ask him the question: Why? Why is this happening? Why are we? Why is we getting this level? And can we hope for or expect any progress? to get done in this legislative session when um, all of this other petty distractions are taking up uh, all of the air in the room. We'll talk to Missouri State Representative and Missouri Freedom Caucus member Justin Sparks next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 News Talk STL. I'm Tony Colombo in studio with my partner, Katie Fitzpatrick. And joining us on the line now, as he does every Thursday afternoon at this time, is Missouri State Representative and Missouri Freedom Caucus member, Representative Justin Sparks. Justin, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... It's all your fault. It's, it's, yep, really excited to be back with you guys as always. I look forward to talking with you and speaking about freedom every week. And let me just tell you, this is what it looks like when you shake the, the foundations of power free and loose. Mm. Because these people, this uniparty that look down on you, ignore you, laugh at you, and don't think you're important, these people are worried. And this is what it looks like. It gets petty, it gets personal, it gets ridiculous, and it means it's working. Mm. So if you ever wondered what was it ever going to take to get some politicians to listen to me and to actually do something that they said they would do, this is what it takes. It takes getting persecuted, I mean, just look at Donald Trump, for heaven's sakes, but this is our own version of it. Mm -hmm. This is getting parking spots taken away, (laughs) right? This is getting office furniture threatened to be yanked out of your office, maybe even your office gone. Mm -hmm. This is getting your chairmanships, money taken out of your back pocket. That's what it takes. And you know what blows me away, guys, Mm. is if they think... If these entrenched politicians that have been there forever doing the work of special interests and the enemy, in my opinion, if they think parking spots is why we got elected, (laughs) they've got another thing coming. You know, this is it's this is so interesting. And and specifically with your journey through this, because this is your second year. And you've been on this show for a while and we've, you know, we've, we've had a lot of conversations over the last year plus and you had, you know, you had a learning curve as everybody does moving out of law enforcement, uh, a career in law enforcement to uh, a career in, in public service. And you sort of hit the ground running with this idea of. I'm not here to fall in line and, you know, the good old boys system and, you know, the, that has been there forever. And, you know, we've heard that we've heard people say that, you know, and, we, and I'm not saying that they were lying, but, you know, like it just we've never we've never seen it. We've never seen this happen. We've never seen this type of of reaction or, you know, battle within within the party. And, you know, it was like right as you hit the ground and, and started really speaking about, uh, you know, speaking out against these systems, uh, you know, 
other voices were getting loud about this at the same time and came together. And I know that's kind of how the Freedom Caucus, you know, came to be, you know, those those rallying voices. But I mean, can you imagine telling yourself just a year and a half ago as you're making the decision? Do I do I want to do this? How different Jeff City would be in, you know, the short time since you've made that decision? Tony, Katie, didn't I promise you that this is what we were going to do? Yep. I promise yeah. you yep. that this is why I got elected. This is everything. This is what happens when you can't be bribed. This is what happens when you can't be blackmailed. This is what happens when you go up there to really genuinely don't get, you don't care about getting reelected. This is what happens. You don't care about being liked, about being in the club, about all the little the little goodies that they that they offer you, right? You don't care about the cocktail parties. Mm-hmm. You don't care about any of it. I care about one thing. I care about the people. That's it. That's all I care about. I care about what they want. It's their government. And you know what, guys? That's what the founders were about. You know, I envision these, like, American punks, because they were all young. Essentially, like, Benjamin Franklin was, like, in his late 30s, early 40s, and he was, like, the oldest one. Yeah. Think about it. They were, like, these American punks looking at the British saying, I don't care about any of it. You're not going to give me land. I don't care. I care about freedom. I care about the people. I care about these people. A government by the people, of the people, for the people. It's not just words. And these people in Jefferson City are like, yeah, 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 they they really believe this. Yes, we do. Hmm. Don't care about parking spots. Don't care about furniture. Don't care about chairmanships. Don't care. What I care is what the people want. So, Justin, whenever we look at this situation, Tony and I were just discussing at the beginning of the show, it's hitting a national level. And we're seeing people like Congressman Chip Roy. We're seeing people like Congressman Eric Burleson take a step and kind of join this cause, join the movement and rally a uh, rally towards, excuse me, the Missouri Freedom Caucus. What does that mean for you guys to have people on the federal level kind of stepping in and saying, whoa, 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 Missouri, we need to keep our eye on this and see what's going on with the Missouri Freedom Caucus and have their back? Yeah, it's actually amazing when you get people like that uh, calling you directly from Washington, D.C., from Texas, from all over the country. They call you directly and they say, hey, you are inspiring us. You are like you're giving a lot of people a lot of hope. And that makes you feel like, really? In Missouri? And they're like, yeah, Missouri is leading the way. And somebody um, somebody actually sent us a meme and it just said, this is the way. Mm-hmm. And like, we were like, that's going on a shirt because, <laughs> you know, we unintentionally, like none of this is like planned. It's all organic. It's just, this is the way. This is how our founders envisioned it. This is how, this is what it looks like, guys, to turn your government back to the people where it belongs. That's what this looks like. It's a little uncomfortable, makes some people really upset because they're being exposed. Mm. You see, they played a game for a long time. And if you want to get into the details, I can tell you exactly what's going on. I can tell you what we've done, what we've offered. You know, we've gone behind the scenes, bending over backwards to try to work with these people, and we have the same demand over and over and over again. Move the bills. Do your job. Pass the bills. Move them to committees so that they can be heard and debated and voted on. These and all we're only asking for the Republican Party platform priorities that you yourself have stated are your number one priorities. And yet four weeks of session later, didn't do it until today. And he only did it 
after no gubernatorial appointments were going to go through. See, governor, governor kind of got a little uncomfortable, right? Uh oh, <laughs> executive branch of government getting a little uncomfortable now, putting a little pressure like, hey, what's going on here? Well, uh, we need to move some priorities, and nothing else is going to move until the priorities that the people have said they want done gets done. So uh, this is uh, this is a, a, a really good stuff because I think there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of. <clears throat> Questions about what what about this session, this year, what's happening now? There's always been contentious debates. There's always arguments in politics. There's always been arguments in Jeff City, even within the party. But we took it. We jumped. We went from zero to 100, you know, with this kicking people out of leadership positions, taking away their parking lots. There's been rumors that there's been talks of, like, wanting to kick or, you know, like, yeah, put out a proposal to remove certain people from seats. I mean, it's like, what yep. is happening? What What about this year has set it off? And you've kind of touched on it a little bit there. And I had a long conversation earlier today with Senator Nick Schroer um, in, in, you know, talking about this and getting some information about it. And it does seem like that it, it's it's not it's just it's nothing about the issues. It's nothing about the right. what you're there to do. Serve the people right. of Missouri. It's personal and petty. Yep. And so what about what what is the basis? What's the trigger? What's the center point of why this has gotten so big so fast? Well, because for a long time this these this leadership team and 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 there you you know me guys there's a time to be nice and then there's a time to be truthful and sometimes those don't overlap okay you can still be kind but there's time for being direct and we're going to be direct here uh Caleb Rowden is the Senate pro tem he's leader of the Senate and then we have the floor majority leader there Cindy O'Laughlin and what has happened is priorities like initiative petition reform that we have talked so much about and for example the speaker of the house Dean Plocker has tried getting initiative petition reform done for six years and sent it out. We passed it in the house last year, sent it over to Caleb Rowden and the speaker had told us in caucus that, that Caleb Rowden had promised to get that bill done and get it back to us by spring break. Never happened. Did it? That bill died because there's no interest in getting initiative petition done. They don't want to get it done. They want to look like they're doing these things and they have no interest in actually doing any of them because if they can keep initiative petition the way it is, then extremely influential and well-funded outside groups, groups from Texas and groups from elsewhere, very, very influential billionaire families can come in and manipulate the initiative petition process. And that's exactly their plan for Missouri. Make no mistake. That's what they want. They want ranked choice voting. They want abortion back in Missouri up until birth. These issues can only subvert the will of the people through their elected representatives and and their uh, elected senators. That's how you get these things done in big red states. And so what they've done is influence the leadership, the leadership of the legislature in order to maintain that avenue of changing the Constitution. And mark my words, that's what this is all about. And now the rubber has hit the road because basically – you have the Freedom Caucus that says no more. 
Nothing else moves Mm -hmm. until the number one priority that we have talked about for years is addressed. Do it now. I, I'm, I'm so glad you're talking about this because it, I know that the this the constitutional initiative the petition is a big part of you know, the kind of the the heart of this issue. And yesterday we're talking with Ronnie Boyd, who has you know you want to talk about an insider of Missouri politics that's seen a lot of a lot of things in the public and behind the scenes in Jeff City. Ronnie Boyd uh, has been there for all of it, and I asked him. You know, how can we have any how can we have any hope that anything gets done this legislative session when we're not talking about the issues at all? And it doesn't even seem like these people can be in the same room together. And he mentioned and he said the bet, the, you know, the, the, bet, the path back is to look at some of the low hanging fruit, quote unquote, low hanging fruit, you know, that everybody can agree on. Try to pass some bills, try to build some momentum and try to go from there. But publicly. The constitutional uh, amendment process has been publicly one of the low-hanging fruits. It's one that everybody – I've never talked to anybody involved in Missouri politics that has said that it's a good system. Everybody says it needs to be changed. Everybody says it's a bad system. It needs to be changed. So we – here we go. We're going to everybody. We can all agree. We're going to change it. And what I'm hearing is kind of what you're talking about now also is that it's publicly it's everybody's on the same page. But then as soon as you try to push something through, all of a sudden the goalposts move and something yeah. behind the scenes changes. And what we thought was something that everybody agreed on for some reason isn't. And that is kind of a big part of what's at the heart of all of this. Is that an accurate representation? You hit the nail on the head as usual because people start changing their opinion when dollars start flowing, and that's the reality of it. That is exactly truth. Sorry, it's inconvenient. It sounds bad. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? It is the truth. Inconvenient and uncomfortable as it is, dollars start flowing and people start changing their minds. All of a sudden, their convictions aren't so convicting anymore. (laughs) Weird. That's the culture that we're trying to change. And you know what's cool is it's not everybody. It's re- it really isn't. There's a lot of people that are trying, want to do the right thing, but have been working in a system that has literally been working against them for the last two decades. And especially in the like last six to seven years, strange, that's how long the Senate pro tem's been in power. But uh, that's what's, what they're really facing. And now... They're on the fence. This is why this is such a critical time in our state. It's a critical time in our country for the same reason. They're looking. They're watching. They've seen some patriots take a stand, take some heat, right? And they're looking to see how this is going to shake out. And and frankly, that's why we're calling everybody to the Capitol on Tuesday, because we want to show these other representatives and senators it's okay to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Take a stand for truth for once and watch how good it feels. The people have your back. (laughs) Talking to Missouri State Representative and Missouri Freedom Caucus member Justin Sparks. Uh, Can we keep you uh, for another segment? There's so much more that I want to talk to you about. And uh, maybe we can maybe we can talk about a path forward. Is there any bills being discussed? Um, Yeah. If you can stick around, Justin, let's uh, let's let's continue this in, in just a moment. Are you all right with that? Sounds great. Awesome. Great stuff. All right. We will continue our conversation with Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks next on Colombo and Katie. 
for podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Patrick in studio and on the line with us for a little overtime this week is Missouri State Representative and Missouri Freedom Caucus member. Representative Justin Sparks is with us. And Justin, we were, uh, Katie and I were talking earlier in the show about, you know, Katie touched on with you how this is becoming a national story. And Susie Moore, who, of course, is part of the family here at Newstalk STL and also uh, with RedState.com, which is a, a, a national news organization, has an incredible article right so now good. at RedState.com that I highly recommend people check out. Um, I want to read you just a little piece of this and then and, and get your and, and get your thoughts on it. So, again, this is Susie Moore's article on RedState.com right now. The headline is Bad Blood in Mo Leg as Senate President. As strips Freedom Caucus leaders of committee chairs and parking spots. <laughs> she says, uh, quote, for several years, conservatives have watched in frustration as legislature dominated by Republicans and with a Republican governor has repeatedly found a way to not pass effective legislation that embodies core conservative principles. School choice, transgender issues, election integrity, initiative petition reform. These are just a few of the areas in which productive legislation has either failed to pass or passed in watered-down fashion. Why? Those who follow Missouri politics closely have a fairly good idea. It's the same old song with establishment players pitted against the conservative caucus, and in Missouri, it's turned into trench warfare. So, as this, and I highly recommend, again, you guys all check out this article because it's, it's fantastic. And, it, you know, she points out, and we've talked about it, it's this has gotten really intense really fast and it's getting bigger it's becoming a national story when you boil all that away and you're a voter you're a citizen of the state of missouri how can you feel like anything is going to get done in this legislative session if if we can't even be in the same room together let alone discuss any policy what it, how 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 bad is this going to be as far as just halting any progress this year yeah great question and and just realize the vitriol and the personal attacks are only on one side see we knew we already knew that this was all coming it, you know it's so funny when when we decided to form this the freedom caucus which we had been talking about wanting to do both on the senate and the house side and then the National Freedom Caucus Network, you know, reached out and we all went to training. You know that this this was exactly what they said has been done in other states and on the national level. They said, literally, this is exactly what they're going to do. They're going to follow this script of attacking you personally. Then they're going to take chairmanships away. Then they're going to take parking spots away. They're going to start trying to move you around in the building. They're going to use everything at their disposal to mess with you because that's all they have. Because they start to realize, oh my gosh, what else could we do? We, like, there's not much else you can do because all you're, all we're sitting there saying is, do your job and be a Republican, right? Just follow the Republican Party platform and actually move bills forward. And this isn't just in our state. This is all over the country. This is why this is so critical. This is why this is so important. It makes me wonder too, if you think parking spots and petty little things like are going to be a big deal are going to modify behavior, how foolish are you? Mm-hmm. And it, it got me thinking, why in the world would they think that something like that would work or threatening to kick you out of the Senate, something that we wouldn't even do to Democrats? You know, these people are elected by their constituents to represent those interests. You know, that's the will of the people. And so well, you, you, gotta, you kind of have to ask yourself, and I did, why? 
Well, because leadership in the Senate, they like parking spots. That's why they're doing the job. Hmm. They like cool offices. Hmm. They like cool chairmanships. And they like the attention from lobbyists. And they like to be told how great they are. Do you understand? These are the type of people that we're dealing with. And you kind of ask yourself, did they start out that way? Or have they gotten to be that way? Hmm. And I, I... I don't know the answer to that because I don't know what's in their soul, frankly. And I still pray for them. I still pray that they're going to see the light and turn. You asked Tony, how in the world can we even ask or expect anything to get done? That's what everybody keeps saying. Mm -hmm. Well, everything's just going to get shut down. We're not going to get anything done. First of all, a lot of what getting things done is actually terrible. So that's not a bad thing. Okay. (laughs) So a lot of the sludge won't pass anymore. That's good. But let's talk about there's some really good bills out there. I've got really good bills, you know, that I'd like to see passed. And I am very hopeful. Here's the reason why. Because on Tuesday, the people of Missouri have a right to come into their house, the people's house, and come up to the second floor and come right by my office at the vault. And you can make your voice heard. That's how government really works. You don't have to stand outside in the cold or in the rain or behind barbed wire and fences and guards. The people's house is still the people's house in Jefferson City, Missouri, and you're welcome there. And we're welcoming everybody to come and have your voice heard. The walls of Jericho fell down by voices alone, frankly, and I think that we're not facing anything like the walls of Jericho. So I hope to see people from all over the state join us at Tuesday. Why? Because you can take your government back. This, what you're, what you're feeling, this excitement in my voice, this is this pressure because people are waking up and they're thinking, wow, does my voice really matter? Yes, it does. It is your government. It is your house. It is your offices that they're threatening, not ours. It's your parking spaces. It's your tax dollars that pay for all of it. We simply represent you. That's what we do. Justin, whenever we look at this situation, um, how many other Republicans are siding with the behavior of Caleb Browden and how many other Republicans are siding with the Missouri Freedom Caucus actually being able to do what they set out to do? Yeah, great question. So, you know, on the House side, I'm happy and, and proud and honored to say that the House really is much more conservative and actually pushing bills forward, including initiative petition, multiple versions of initiative petition, multiple versions of Republican Party platform stuff. So we're still continuing to work. We are the speaker and the leadership moving bills. We're hearing them in committee. We're going to be voting for them on the floor and we're going to be sending them to the Senate eventually. So that's really good because half the house is working. The other half is not. And some of these senators that are definitely traditionally more conservative have been browbeat and threatened and intimidated by leadership. And I know this is true. They've been told these things and then they take chairmanships away from Freedom Caucus members. And then what? Some of those members were rewarded with a new chairmanship. And guys, if you didn't know, you get paid more money. You get more money mm-hmm. for your staff with a mm-hmm. chairmanship, right? You get more and a cool office, like you said, a cool office and yeah. a cool parking spot and a cool title. Yeah, exactly. See, <clears throat> so so you're getting these perks. And what I encourage my colleagues over on the Senate side, whom I respect, is truthfully and prayerfully consider rejecting those perks. 
do the right thing and take a stand for uh, doing what's right and say, I don't want it this way. If I'm going to get a chairmanship, I want to earn it. I don't want it because you stripped something away petty and punishing somebody else because you disagree with them and what they're trying to do especially on this issue, and give me a chairmanship. I mean, that would make me feel disgusting, frankly. And, and sadly, some of those senators aren't bad people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. some of them have done good work in the past. And I am, they're just not strong enough, guys. They're just not strong enough. They've got consultants, because when you get to the Senate level, you've got people chirping in your ear, right? Consultants make a lot of money off your campaign. And they're chirping in your ear, hey, don't don't stand with those guys. It'll be bad for you because there's no way that they're going to win. There's just no way. The, the leadership is too powerful. They're too well-funded. So don't get in the middle of that. You know, don't, don't. I know that you're with them philosophically. You know how many times I've heard that in the last mm. two weeks. Yeah, hey, I'm with you. I believe all the same things you do, Justin. I just, man, I can't, I can't be seen. You know, I don't want to make leadership upset. And it's like, guys, those days are over. Those time, that time is past. Take a stand because it's the right thing to do. It's okay. You'll survive. You'll be just fine. And you'll sleep better at night. And frankly, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take leadership under the pressure of the people of Missouri for a change in leadership. And frankly, that's that's where we're headed. And I'm actually hopeful that this logjam in the Senate is going to break free. It's going to break free. And it's going to break free one way or the other. And when it does... Good Republican Party platform uh, ideas and policy will get passed. The mm. House is ready to work. I'm hopeful for the Senate. So I want to I want to touch on that. We're almost out of time. We're talking to Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. I did want to I did want to touch on an actual issue, which is what we should be talking about this time of year. Um, there's a, there's a story out that a couple of of proposals advanced in the house in in your section of the building there yesterday that uh revolve around uh transgender issues um and just uh you know a minute and a half or so can you kind of give us a, a the explanation of the the one piece of actual legislation that seems to be actually uh, talked about and moving forward a little bit this week well obviously uh we're attempting to remove the sunset clause that was added in the senate last year by yet again the same leadership we're talking about um couldn't even pass one not not one single republican party platform priority without a sunset clause on it so we're trying to address the sunset that's amazing it permanently it's incredible (laughs) and we're going to remove the sunset clause uh permanently hopefully and uh also we're talking about bathrooms we're talking about protecting girls in their own bathroom space. I cannot believe that I have to even say that out loud, but protecting girls in school from having to go into their own bathroom and see a sexually mature male using their restroom in their private space. And um, I'm happy to say that, you know, Representative Hudson and uh, Schnelting, both Freedom Caucus members pushing forth good conservative priority agendas. It's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's good stuff. And hopefully we can see some progress through all this drama uh, as we go through this session. We appreciate uh, the insight and the updates each and every week. If people want to learn more, maybe join the fight, get involved. What are the best ways to keep up with uh, you and all the stuff that you're working on? Of course, you can. You can, of course, follow uh, Missouri Freedom Caucus and Justin M. Sparks 
on Twitter X, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Justin Sparks and Sparks from Missouri, sparksfrommissouri.com. God bless you guys. Yeah, back at you. Great stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Missouri State Representative Justin Sparks. Have a great day. That is uh that was awesome. That is some yeah, that is real some real, real talk. Wow. And and finally peeling back the curtain. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. insight on why this is happening, how long this stuff has been going on, how just how bad it really is. Like he just mentioned that every conservative bill that has been passed in recent years has a sunset clause because the only way to get it done is to make it temporary. How do we how does that happen in a supermajority? I didn't know. I didn't know until I read Susie's article today that I knew that the amendment process, the constitutional amendment process was a disaster. I didn't know that the Missouri Constitution has a 119 amendments. 119 Wild. amendments. So this how this how out of control and how bad it has gotten. So it's it's refreshing to bring that uh, all to the surface. We're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Randy Tobler next on Columbo and Katie.